Hello all, welcome to the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, the podcast for SeedSing.com. I am your host, R.D. Kulik, and with me here is the horniest of horny horns of whatever horniness. That's Ty Kulik. How are you today, Ty? Hi, everybody. That's a gross way to introduce <laughs> me for this podcast today. Well, Ty, I'm going to play the immortal gleaming spears to introduce you to the concept, and I want you to answer this question. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for the sex, girls? Sex, 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 sex! <laughs> song slaps. What is that from? <laughs> so that song is going to feature in two movies that we will be discussing. It's, it's Are You Ready for the Sex, Girls by the Gleaming Spears. Who are the Gleaming Spears? <laughs> Some eight, early 80s crap band or something. Well, they had a song that rules, man. That song kind of ripped. I told you you're going to talk about teenage sex comedies. And the first half here, I'm going to talk about just some of the dredge, just some of the terribleness of this, which is mostly in the 80s. Second half, we're going to talk about some movies that are actually incredibly timeless that are part of this genre, and then talk about the more modern day thing. So I need to start, though, by where does this come from? Where's the idea of a sex comedy come from? According to most people, most scholars, the first sex comedy is an old Greek play performed around 411 before the Common mm. Era called Lysistrata. It's by Aristophanes. I know this play. I have studied this play a lot. The play, and again, this is 411 BC, essentially. I always say Common Era, but yeah, BC. Mm, sure. It's The play was about a bunch of women in this town retired of their men going to war, so they were going to withhold sex until they stopped being warmongers. Okay. And 411, huh? That's that's pretty fascinating that you had people who were that forward thinking. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of considered the first. But what we're really talking about, we're talking about films. And then the 50s and 60s, you had kind of the Marilyn Monroe, Doris Day, kind of like naughty little things, nothing that big. But where this genre really kind of took off was in 1978, there was a a film, an Israeli film called Lemon Popsicle. Now. This movie basically was the writer and director, them reminiscing about their time in Tel Aviv in the 1950s and the the girl that got away and them in their high school hijinks. And it was a big hit almost everywhere but the United States. It was a big hit. I've never heard of it. Well, Lemon Popsicle was remade in the United States into a movie called The Last American Virgin that I'm going to be covering on that I'm going to, we talked about on the Canon Films thing. I'm going to cover yeah. it on First Watch, Rewatch. I'll save a lot of that. You guys can go back to the Canon Films one to hear what we had to say about it. The movie in the States, though, that really a lot of people think catapulted this. And there's some debate. Some people say it's Animal House. Now, oh, yeah. I would argue Animal House isn't really a teenage sex comedy. I know it's no, college. college. Right. But this, you want to kind of go with high school kids, basically. The movie, The Immortal Bob Clark, the director of a, a Christmas Story, one of his first big movies is a little 80s sex comedy, 1981, called Porky's. So you're familiar with Porky's, right? I've seen it. It's been a very long time. I, I remember it now because it's so problematic, but I remember the scene of the guys drilling a peephole into the girl's shower locker room and the shower room, and that's where you see every. Oh, that's all the nudity and stuff. It's probably... Maybe the second movie I ever saw frontal nudity in after Animal House. So I'm aware of what Porky's is. I understand that it is incredibly problematic. I think the last time I watched it, I was probably a teen myself. So it's been over 20 years since I've seen that movie. But I have zero desire to go back to that movie. Porky's is a very problematic movie. And as we go through these movies are increasingly problematic. And I'm going to tell you first why. I believe these movies became a big thing and then tell you why, especially in the second half, why they merged into something different. But Porky's is the women are the objects. As a matter of fact, the senior talking about the girls discover it and then they're like, oh, they're like not bothered at all. Yeah, they they think it's oh, kind of cool and everything. And there's some stuff to Porky's that, again, this movie took place in the 1950s. There's kind of nostalgia for the audience at the time. I was six years old in 1981. I wasn't watching Porky's, okay? No. <laughs> it's it's weird when I talk about the genre. A lot of these movies weren't exactly even made for me. These movies were more made for baby boomers. Now, mm-hmm. a big reason... So, 
up to this time, if you you had your regular movies that came out, your Godfathers and Star Warses and Jaws and things like that, and then you had porno films, and they uh-huh. were kind of in the background. There yeah. wasn't really this kind of middle ground soft core pornography for a few reasons. First off, it's it's a movie. It's going to cost money to make, and mm-hmm. you're not going to get it in the theaters, and studios aren't going to really produce it. Well, a technology came out in the late 70s called the video cassette player. Mm-hmm. So now you can make a lot more movies, distribute them a lot different ways, and they're going to be a lot cheaper. And then also, you could go to a video store, grab this movie, then they give it to if you're a teenager, they give it to you in a, a case that your parents can't read. And then when yeah. they're in bed, you put it in and you see a little boob, some making out, some softcore no. pornography, and you get what you want. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, too. A movie I actually love from this era is Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah. Did they spoof that with their Catholic schoolgirls? Yes, that's exactly that. yeah. Like Porky spoof. Okay, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly what that was. Okay. And it's again, that movie's more vignettes, a lot of different things. It's but SNL, the movie, essentially. Yeah. Right? So that's why I think you saw a huge rise in these in the 1980s. And again, I talk about the the youngest boomers are of age now. They're part of it is nostalgia. Oh, I remember when I was goofy in high school and stuff. Part of yeah. it was w- wish fulfillment in that most of these movies, it's the it's the dorky kids and the geeks trying to get the girl. Yep. As a matter of fact, one of the most famous ones ever. It's kind of summarizes a plot of that movie. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Wait for it. No! <laughs> <laughs> I just recently watched, recently within the past couple of years, watched this movie. It has not aged well because I remember seeing Revenge of the Nerds as a kid being like, oh, the nerds are winning. This is cool. Like, look at them go. They're they're taking over the jocks. John Goodman in one of his greatest roles ever. Ted McGinley in probably the only role that he hasn't ruined a TV show. (laughs) But the movie is filled with problems. There's rape. (laughs) They make fun of a gay character. There's one black guy in it. Booger is the most disgusting person I think I've seen outside of the Entourage movie. There's just this movie is ripe with problem yeah it is it's like i've read a lot of things especially at the time i've read a lot of reviews where this movie got pretty good reviews i'm sure it did and people it's it's a you know when it came out i bet you it was hilarious for people to watch it too i remember enjoying this movie i remember watching this movie a lot and then you get older and you think about it and with a lot of these movies that i am going to discuss because i got a murderous row of some movies i never even heard of till about a day ago And part of me totally wants to watch all these movies. And part of me is happy. I've never seen any of these movies. Well, there's a movie that I'll talk about later on that was seminal to me in my teenage years that I've again watched and thought, man, I don't understand why I like this movie. I want to finish this one thing about Revenge of the Nerds and then move on. I will say the writer and director both, and there's an interview in 2019, openly talked about how they called it uh, rape by deception Totally uh-huh, talked yeah. about, hey, that was not excusable for us. And if if I, when I made that movie, if I had a daughter, I probably wouldn't like it at all. And they've kind of come out being like, yeah, they're, they've attempted to remake this movie a few times. Famously one time with Adam Brody in one of the lead roles. And Oh, really? Yeah. And something else here. Anthony Edwards was one of the two leads in this movie. Yeah. Anthony Edwards was in the 1980s, was in Top Gun and a bunch of teen sex comedies. Which is crazy. And, you know, that's one of the things when I went back and watched it. I I don't know what this says about me, but I recognize Curtis Armstrong before I recognize Anthony Edwards. Maybe it's because maybe it's another movie we'll talk about. But I love Better Off Dead so much Mm -hmm. that I just have this uh, affinity for Curtis Armstrong. But Anthony Edwards looks nothing like the character he played in ER anymore. No, 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 (laughs) no. Now. The weird thing about this genre, again, I go back to uh, studios could make these pretty cheaply and put them out. Yeah. But what they're not doing is they're not putting big name stars in this. Okay. Harrison Ford's not in a teen sex comedy. All right. No. I mean, he was in American Graffiti, but that was was just going to, I've never seen that. Is that, or is that just like a life? It is. That's it's American Graffiti shares more with Dazed and Confused. Which I wouldn't call that a teen sex comedy. Not either. at all. That's yeah. just a teen comedy. Right. About, uh, one of the great ones. My wife and yeah. I argue about that movie all the time because she doesn't like it. It's one oh, of my man. all-time favorites. That movie's great. I love movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm going, I have a lot of these. They're kind of in alphabetical order, but some of them are in it. Like the, the last one I'm going to talk about is stupid because I want you to get an idea of this genre. 
Now, again, I was talking about how Anthony Edwards seemed to be in a bunch of these movies. John, and Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Top Gun, Tom Cruise, one of his first big roles was in a movie called Losing It, which is about him going to Tijuana with a buddy who was played by Jackie Earl Haley to go oh, lose wow. their virginity. Well, he's also in the one with Rebecca De Mornay. Risky business. Risky business. Yeah, now, with Curtis Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to save risky business for the second half because that's where I'm going to talk about the good ones. Here is where I'm talking about the crappy ones. I've never seen Losing It. I don't think I'm going to see it. Johnny Depp, his first movie was a teen sex comedy. There's, really? yeah, it's something I can't remember it now, but it's like they, they take over a swanky club and turn it into their place to like meet women. But I'm going to give you the plot of some of these movies, okay? So there's this 1985 film called Basic Train, all right? Okay. Some places it's called Up in the Military. It is widely, it is often considered, a lot of people say, the worst film of 1985. Okay. <laughs> and I've never heard of anybody no. in this movie. The lead is played by Anne Dusenberry. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> Basically follows this woman named Melinda who works for the Pentagon and her boss is making sexual advances to her. She complains about him. So she gets fired. So then she, yeah. So <laughs> she decides to use her womanly charms to start s to seduce and sleep with a bunch of people at the Pentagon to get her job back. And then at the end, she seduces a Russian spy or something like that, cracks yeah. open this case and then becomes a secretary of defense. Okay, that's a convoluted way to get that <laughs> job, and she shouldn't have been fired for making improper sexual advancement. This is where we're at, okay? We also have the 1983 comedy Class, which has Andrew McCarthy, I believe one of his first films. I know Rob, him. Yeah, Rob Lowe and Jacqueline Bissett. Rob Lowe and Andrew McCarthy are their roommates at a prep school, and they like play practical jokes and things like that. And there, Rob Lowe's going to take McCarthy to Chicago to go get laid, and he finds this older woman, and then you find out that older woman happens to be Rob Lowe's mother. That's oh, a, boy. The, the basic <laughs> premise of Class. I have seen Class. That movie oh. is absolutely terrible. Sure, I'm sure it is. There's Fraternity Vacation. This one has Tim Robbins as one of the uh, snotty what? frat boys. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Yeah, so Fraternity Vacation is a couple of cool frat guys have to take this dorky pledge with them to Palm Spring on a vacation, and they all pursue women around the pool and this hot blonde lady. That's like the throwaway scene in Animal House where they go to the women's college. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's, they made a whole movie off of that one scene in Animal House. Then there's H-O-T-S. H-O-T-S. <laughs> Not hot. Yeah, I think it stands for something. I'm not, I couldn't really figure it out, but, uh, so uh, Hots is an interesting one here because it stars three play or three former Playboy playmates and a Miss America. Hmm, okay. And the so. plot is uh, freshmen at Farinville University. All these schools are made up, mm -hmm. and they the one the lead character tries to pledge the pie sorority, but doesn't make it. So they make their own sorority called Hots. And then they try to steal all the, the pie sorority's boyfriends. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you're casting Playboy Playmates and a Miss America, I don't think you're, I think you're making a certain type of movie. Also, a lot of these plots sound like what is on Skinamax, uh -huh. probably still to this day. Uh -huh. So what these all remind me of is like the stuff that was too salacious to show until after 10 p.m. on Skinamax. Now, here's one I have actually seen. Hamburger the Movie. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, it's about to get dumber. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but Hamburger the movie is about a rich kid who, in order to get his inheritance, has to graduate college, but he's having trouble in college. So he's eating at a, a Buster Burger restaurant. And another friend of his says, hey, if you go to their like correspondence courses, it's like a college degree. And then you run one of their hamburger stands. He goes there. Sexual hijinks ensue. The. The professor wants them to fail. It's again, all these things are hijinks and stuff the like that. The professor wants him to fail at a career ready college, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a career ready college. <laughs> Nobody wanted us to fail. They just wanted our money. And and then obviously they, they get the man and they win at the end. And I think he sleeps with like the CEO's trophy wife. It's just a. I'm sure he learned some type of type of valuable lesson about learning, er, earning your money instead of just getting it handed to you. Yeah. And uh, not to be outdone by Hamburger, the movie, there's Hot Dog, the movie. 
<laughs> Why? What? <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, this has nothing to do with hot dogs. Hot what? dog. Do you remember the uh, Always Sunny where they go to the ski resort? Yes, of course. I that's do. a it's direct. Like that's a direct ripoff of Hot Dog the movie. He's cool, I believe, is another one of these movies. That came out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Janet Maisel in the New York Times gave it its only positive review where she said it's light and less moronic than it might have been. <laughs> That's not even positive. <laughs> That's damning with faint praise, as they say. Uh, then there's Screwballs and Screwballs 2. All right. I've never even heard of these movies. <laughs> I'm just giving you a flavor of all of these 80s. These are the movies. They're all the same. These are the movies I was watching on. Uh, on Cinemax Cinemax? after, yeah, Yeah. 10 o'clock at night. So mom and dad on you when I see them this week. (laughs) Screwballs is five boys at Tafton Adams High School try to see the bare breasts of Purity Bush, the most beautiful girl in school. Her name is Purity Bush in this movie. Yes. These creepy writers. Oh, my God. That's horrible, man. Now, this is one I have seen quite a few times, as a matter of fact. Stewardess School. Never even heard of it. So Stewardess School has the has the distinction of being the most played movie on Comedy Central. Oh, okay. <laughs> so most of this was probably in the 90s, but this this movie is about these two pilots who one of them at the very beginning of the movie they're flying a plane and one of their contact lenses fall out and when he bends down to get get it and which that's something that doesn't happen people contact lenses just don't they, fall yeah. out. Yeah. But when he bends down to get it he crashes a plane but you learn they're in a simulator. And oh my God. so he and his buddy, they get fired from pilot school. So they decide to go become stewards. Okay. I mean. <laughs> they go to the stewardess school, these two men. And I'm going to, I'm going to read you who the other classmates are. Okay. There's a lady wrestler who fian- whose fiance got cold feet, a frumpy overweight girl, an ex prostitute, a gay man, and a, an extremely clumsy woman. These are all cliches. These are like the stuff that people make fun of. It's hacky. It's it's lame. It's it's slapped together. And yeah, we know kids are going to watch this movie because they're probably not supposed to. That's the whole reason why they make them. No, so I'm going to tell you there's two things I remember about this movie, okay? And one of the 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 prostitutes, uh, what was her name? Her name was Sugar Dubois. That was her name. But okay. this movie, so they work for some small airline that's going to go bankrupt unless they make this one good flight. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> and, the, and much like Hamburger the movie, the teacher at the stewardess school wants them all to fail. Of so course. it's setting up all the stuff. Well, on this flight that is going to save this airline, and it is it something dumb like Stromboli Air or something like this, but uh, <laughs> so there's an FAA inspector on there. Well, next to him is a guy who's going to plant a bomb to blow up the plane. And so he drugs the FAA's specter's drink and he starts hallucinating and getting all weird and wild and stuff. And the only way they could calm him down is Sugar Dubois had to give him a blowjob. And then, oh my God. <laughs> and then the bomber jumps out the back of the plane. Something happens. The pilots like get put to sleep or something like that. So these two stewards that were originally pilots, they have to try to fly the plane, but one of theirs is contact lenses fall out and you find and again there's sex during the thing so one of the women he's sexing with is like she's like what's wrong with your vision he's like i got binocular vision so she takes binoculars and puts them backwards and put them on his eyes so now he can see oh my (laughs) what binocular (laughs) (laughs) and so the the first part i remember is the guy hallucinating having to get a blowjob to calm down the, the second thing i remember is so they find the bomb and it goes off and it blows a hole in the plane. And the fat lady is, starts to get sucked out, but her butt is just big enough to plug. <laughs> to <Dad>. plug, <laughs> to plug. And they probably, probably, the actress was probably in great shape. <laughs> and so they successfully land the plane, save the airline, and the FAA inspector says it's the greatest flight he's ever been on. <laughs> The greatest flight he's ever been on. A flight that a bomb blew up on the side and a lady's butt stopped the plane from going down. That's but, the greatest flight he ever been But he got, he got to take drugs and get a blowjob. Uh, <laughs> so. He'll fly on Southwest. It'll be nice and smooth for the most part. You get a snack and a drink. Yeah. I, as you can see, as I've talked about, there is quite a bit of 
misogyny in these movies. Yeah, it's a male fantasy. <laughs> I haven't all these I haven't really gone through much of the racism, but these movies are just loaded with racism. Filled to the brim. There, I mean, there's rape, there's sexual mm-hmm. assault, there's all this stuff just in spades. And I'm going to say this is not a bad genre because we are going there's a a movie I haven't talked about that a lot of people claim is one of the greatest comedies ever that I'm going to talk about in the second half here. Before I go, before I talk about this last series of films, because it's just, yeah, whatever. I do to kind of get a feel for this. Have you ever seen the movie Meatballs? No, I haven't. I know of it. I know that it's kind of one of Bill Murray's big, like, coming out. Yeah, one of his. So again, yeah, a teenage sex comedy. Yeah. Meatballs. It's a movie I actually want to go back and watch. That and Stripes both too early. I've seen Stripes recently. Stripes is very, it's it's like the opposite of. What's the movie with Vincent D'Onofrio where he shoots himself? Oh, uh, no, Full Metal Jacket. It's like the opposite of that, where the first hour... No, it's probably essentially the same. Like, it's very, very funny, and then for, like, 40 minutes, they're in war. And it's just... Yeah. But it's not as intense as Full Metal Jacket. No, no, right. So in Meatballs, and I I always... I, I love this clip, but I always feel like it's a great way to kind of describe what these movies were. Like, if... This, I imagine, is Bill Murray walking into a studio to give a pitch meeting on a movie. Now, okay. he is supposed to be sarcastic. This is, again, early, early Bill Murray. And it's, he's, a can- he's a counselor at this camp that's really, really expensive. They say early on that it costs like $1,000 a week to go to. And Meatballs was an early 80s movie. Yeah, oh yeah. And so a reporter's like talking, how gr- you know, what do these kids ha- get to do? And so Bill Murray approaches him, tells him all this stuff, and then this is what he ends with. And of course, it's going to come at the end of the summer during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. And the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week and is allowed to rape and pillage the neighboring towns until camp ends. That's incredible. Oh. What do you expect for $1,000 a week? Oh, my, that's not incredible at all. That's <laughs> no, horrific. No, but that's the joke of it. Is yeah. it's, and Like I said, Meatballs, from what I remember, is actually a more serious movie. Um, okay. Not as comedic. But I'm going to end on uh, the immortal Scott Baio. Okay. Oh, God. He is <laughs> he's such a scumbag. Yeah, he is. Scott Baio, his star was rising. And he decided he wanted to get in the movies. So in 1982, he made a little film called Zapped! Exclamation point. I don't know if you know this movie I'm talking about. I think you've told me about it before, but I, I've never seen it. Okay, so the, the one sheet, the poster for this movie is a lady bending over with Scott Bayo and Willie Ames pointing at her skirt as her skirt lifts up. Yeah, you to- you've told me about this before. Yeah, the, the entire plot of this movie is Scott Bayo gets these telekinetic, telekinetic powers. And he uses it to take girls' clothes off. But it's all endearing and great, and everybody loves them. And it's like, oh, that's a... You know, it's not just Scott Baio and super famous Willie Ames that are in this movie. I mean, Scatman... Willie Ames? He's just some... If you saw him, you'd be like, oh, yeah, some crappy actor. But uh, Scatman Crothers was in this movie. Really? Yeah, it just blows my mind. But Zapped was so popular... Hold on, I'm going to see if it tells me it's box office here. Yeah, no, it, it was pretty popular. It made about $20 million, very small budget. Again, you're paying for Scott Bayo. That they yeah. make Zapped again that neither Bayo or Ames came back for. Oh, so they made a sequel that the two stars would not return for. Yep, direct-to-video. But that is, I probably just told you about 20 movies that I bet mm-hmm. you you could tell me the plots but not remember any of the names because the plots are almost all exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing with, with these movies, especially in the 80s, is that they're all these male misogynistic fantasy type things. And for a total just scumbag of a person like Scott Baio, he probably still wishes... He's, he's the type of guy, he's like Todd Phillips, where you can't make comedies like you used to anymore because everybody's so woke. I, I guarantee that's how he feels, and he probably... Wants to bring back Zapped. He can go to work with uh, what's her face, Gina Carano, if they want to do that together. Those two awful people. But like, yeah, these movies are all the same. It's the same thing. It's it's a reason to be a little bit risky in a movie and see what you can get away with. But it's all when you look at it in the 2024 lens. If you're a rational human being, you see how problematic this stuff is and how just ridiculous the things that studios used to get away with and writers used to get away with. Kind of blows my mind. 
Hello all, this is RD, and I want to talk to you about something called Public Forum Productions. Now, you've heard me reference it, and if you are a person that looks deep, deep into the notes, you'll see that Public Forum Productions actually is the producer of The Ex-Millennial Man, the podcast you're listening to right now. Well, 2024 is going to be a big year at PSP, and I want to invite you to become part of that. Go to publicforumproductions.com, and you can see the stable of shows we have. It's a network, kind of like, think of it like Netflix and X millennial man is one of the shows we also have high heels and politics first watch rewatch and coming in 2024 we already have two shows actively in production right now one is called where did you go to high school i know a lot of our listeners are in the st louis area and are in southwest ohio because you guys know tire myself and that's the biggest question where did you go to high school for the record i went to lafayette high school in in st louis in the st louis area but it's a big, big deal. My son here in Southwest Ohio goes to a really well-known high school and it kind of identifies who we are. Also, the other show we have working on is called Satan Remembers. It's a history of the 1980s satanic panic. That is where we're done planning it. We're getting ready to record, do interviews and stuff. And I, I want to really make this good. It's going to be a series that's going to go through what happened in the early 1980s and kind of the moral panic and the accusations of Satanism that... Destroyed a lot of people's lives, destroyed a lot of people's businesses, and all were completely unfounded. And I want to do that now because a lot of what we saw 40 years ago, we're seeing today. So I think it's very important. Again, go to publicforumproductions.com, reach out to me. And if you want to be a guest, if you want to do your own podcast, if you have information that can help us with these things, because like I said, those two shows are currently in production, but we have a few that are in pre-production and I'm going to really need going to really need some voices for there. So again, publicforumproductions.com and let's get back to the conversation. Okay, Ty, like I said at the end of the first half here, there are some great movies in this genre and there are some great movies that really take the genre and either do something serious or do something completely memorable. Mm-hmm. And the first one, I said how Bill Murray could have used that whole King of Sexual Awareness week as a pitch to make a real movie because I'm sure totally. somebody did. Yeah, this little scene I'm going to play for you here, Ty, is the pitch for maybe one of the greatest, not the, but one of the greatest pieces of cinema that come from this genre. All right. Where do you think you're going? To a movie? Movie party. What it is. We're going to a movie party. It's a little liar. No, I've whipped up this nasty little soiree over at his friend Wyatt's house. Soiree what? Soiree, honey. I think that means um, party. You know, there's going to be sex, drugs, rock and roll, chips, dips, chains, whips. You know, your basic high school orgy type of thing. I mean, uh, I'm not talking candle wax on the nipples or witchcraft or anything like that. No, 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 no. Just a couple of hundred kids running around in their underwear, acting like complete animals. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I adore weird science. They use some problematic language. Yes. Yeah. Because it's a movie from the 80s, but. This is a movie I watched again fairly recently within the last couple of years and loved it. What's your the the lead the lady that they create or whatever? She is so powerful and Kelly like, LeBrock, yeah, Kelly LeBrock. She, yeah. Her character is powerful and confident and beautiful and like I, <laughs> I I love this movie. I don't know whatever happened to Wyatt. Yeah, I, I know it's Anthony Michael Hall and that actor. I don't know whatever happened to that kid. That kid is so good as like the foil and you know the one who's just anthony this might be anthony my, my favorite movie anthony <laughs> michael hall's ever done bill paxton amazing those parents <laughs> yeah. the way the mom screams at the end of that is some of the funniest comedy i've ever seen in my life i i love weird i love weird this, uh, yeah i say i i say i recorded that entire scene i didn't know how much i wanted to use but where she's like you're combing your hair the, <laughs> the water's running all day and he's screaming i never tossed off that <laughs> i also love when like bill paxton's smoking the cigar and wyatt's face and they're all hung over from partying before i i love that like what makes weird science better than basic training or all this other stuff? Because Kelly the Brock, yes, she is a male fantasy. These two teenage boys create her, but when they bring her to life, she is the star. Yes. She is the one controlling everything. They go where she, she, she takes them. They make her go where she goes because she wants to do things. She is the star. She is the one controlling it. It's not these two little boys. And 
Speaking of Robert Downey Jr., or yeah. I don't know if we were speaking of yeah. him, but he's in this Yes, movie. he is. And him and his friend remind me of our <laughs> oldest brother and his best friend when they were in high school. Chet reminded me of our older brother. No, Chet is, mm. Chet is like... No, I'm just saying that. Our <laughs> but like, if you ever go back and watch that movie, think of our brother and his best friend who we know of. I don't uh-huh. want to say his name on here in case he doesn't want uh-huh. to be doxxed or anything. But every time I watch Weird Science, when they drop the slushy on Anthony Michael Hall and Wyatt, mm-hmm. I don't even know why, why I'm just going to call him Wyatt. Yeah. I don't know the actor's <laughs> I, name, I but have, yeah. I get our oldest, I get vibes of our oldest brother doing that too. Potentially you and yep. your friends yep. are me and my friends or something. No, it was in a lot of these John Hughes movies. Now, I wouldn't put like Breakfast Club or even 16 Candles or stuff in the whole teenage se- teenage sex comedies. Weird Science definitely is, but yeah. they're... I mean, and again, we can go through all the problems. What's weird about it is I have more positive memories of 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club. Maybe my hot take here is I think Breakfast Club's one of the most overrated movies ever made. I, I don't like it either. Uh, but um, but I'm also not a big fan of 16 Candles. Well, 16 Candles has very bad racial things to, yeah. to dealing Long with Duck it. Dong, you mean yes, that yes. name of a character? But there were, movie? especially with Weird Science, they understood the absurdity of it. And they under, yeah, they get the girls at the end and all this other stuff. It, it's still a 1980s teenage sex comedy. But Ty, I'm going to tell you a movie that is definitively in this genre that I think would not only define this genre, but maybe define comedy. And that's Fast Times at Richmond High. One of the greatest movies ever made. Easily. This and, movie deals with abortion. Yes. It deals with problems at home. It deals with being caught masturbating. <laughs> like, all kinds of great stuff in this. But even, like, the whole abortion thing, it was all... That scene originally was supposed to be a lot longer. And they, yeah. they did make it a lot longer, and they got an X-rated cut. And oh, right. Amy Heckerling, the director, was like, I mean, yeah, Amy Heckerling, who wrote yeah. it, or who directed it, Cameron Crowe, who wrote it, she even talked about how she wanted to show how awkward and uncomfortable it was. And that's what that movie is, is about just how awkward it is to be a teenager. And then you have... Is that Elizabeth Shue in that role? No, no, that that was Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. okay. I, so Jennifer Jason Lee was just on Fargo, so that's where I, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I have my... Yeah, so it's... But that's also, you want to talk about first movies, that's Nicolas Cage's first movie. Yeah, Phoebe, I don't know, but you think of the cast in that, Phoebe Cates, uh, Forrest Whitaker, who I didn't even know was in it until I saw mm-hmm. that movie. What's it, Judge Reinhold, who's mm-hmm. fantastic in that movie, you said Nicolas Cage. I Multiple I Oscar winner and general kind of a-hole Sean Penn. That's what I was just going to say, <laughs> I did read something about Sean Penn that he stayed in the Spicoli character, and I'm like, dude come on it's a comedy man. Mm-hmm. like i understand that you're this method actor you're not daniel day lewis bro like get over yourself it is that is genuinely a great movie that is genuinely a movie that has stood the test of time well and it's a bunch of people myself included the whole phoebe kate scene it's like a oh it's an awakening when you see that scene and she i don't even know if she acts anymore but she will be forever remembered i mean she's fantastic in that movie her jennifer jason lee their friendship's great I love the Judge Reinhold stuff with his ex-girlfriend. My Still my favorite is Forrest Whitaker messing with the the kid who sells the tickets and everything. Who, who's yeah, the gambler? Damone, yeah. Damone, yeah. yeah. And I like Damone's little buddy who's got a crush on Jennifer Jason yeah. Lee the whole time. Yeah. I love that movie. No, it is. It is a great movie. And then I, I just, from just pure awesomeness, there's obviously Risky Business that we talked about in yeah. the first half. and. It is like risky business to me. It's like when we talk about the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Mm. Yeah, sure. Maybe it's a teenage sex comedy. Like that's a superhero movie, but it, it, it is on a different level. And this uh, is another uh, one too. Rebecca de Mornay is the powerful one in this mm-hmm. whole relationship. She's the one controlling everything. Plus uh, that movie gave us Guido, the killer pimp. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I will never forget too. So I went to a sleepover. I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade and it was like four of us had to sleep over and the friend said, Oh, my mom said we can go to blockbuster to prove how old I am. We rented risky business. Some parents watched it with us. And when they're on the train oh, yeah. the scene with Rebecca DeMore and Tom Cruise, we're all kind of like, we don't know if we should be watching this right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Ty, I, I want to move into the modern age. There's a lot of movies we can kind of talk about, but when I said at the beginning, how this became a big thing, cause you had, the youngest of the baby boomers coming of age, the older ones with nostalgia and remembering how crazy they were, and then the rise of the VCR. 
Well, this genre essentially, essentially disappears in the 90s because mm-hmm. my group is now coming of age. And at that time in the early 1990s, there's something called AIDS going on. And yeah. just having casual sex is a de- could be a death sentence for uh-huh. you. And so the, the attitudes of it, things became a little bit more small C conservative, not political. But again, there was a kid, Ryan White, who had a blood transfusion, a kid my age who died of AIDS. And oh, so wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that's a, I mean, horrid story. So this wasn't kind of the thing. Plus, you started to get the rise of it was the beginning of kind of the really, really big blockbuster movies. Jurassic Park came out. I mean, We'd always had the blockbuster movies, but in the 90s, that's all it was. There weren't small movies oh, yeah. being made anymore, so people mm-hmm. weren't going to do this. But then a little film came out, Ty, that introduced us to this term. That's Stifler's mom? Yep. I cannot believe a fine woman like this produced a guy like Stifler. Dude! Took some MILF! What the hell is that? M-I-L-F. <laughs> mom, I'd like to... Yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah! Yeah! So, 1999, that American Pie. appropriate scene left in that movie. John Cho, by the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> Speaking of getting your start in teen sex comedy. So, Ty, yep. I was too old, and I didn't have quite Not the me. nostalgia take for American Pie, but you were right. Well, what is it? What worked about American Pie? What does not work today? 1999, you mentioned I'm a sophomore in high school, 16, 17 years old. This was... This couldn't have hit me at a better time. You're talking about these four friends who determined to lose their virginity before they could go to college, and they're going to do it on prom night. I believe one of the kids says, no longer shall our penises remain flaccid and unused. You know, as he's given this rousing speech after a night of partying to his three other friends. And you have Tara Reed before all the stuff happened with her. It's Shannon Elizabeth, the first thing I've ever seen her in. Mina Suvari, who you may know from American Beauty as the object of that horrible, uh, what's his face, that horrible guy who lives in Italy now, who has oh. all the sexual stuff against him. Yeah, I can't I, think of uh, his name. You know who I'm talking yeah. about. He's from that political show on Netflix. Sorry, oh, my uh, out name Kevin right Spacey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's that's who Mina Suvari is in there. But as a 17 year old kid, I see these kids just a year older than me. I was in high school, a quiet kid who. Never dated too much or too often, didn't do stuff like that. So I'm seeing these kids all making this agreement. They're all going to do it. They're going to go out there. Natasha Leone in this movie, too, who, very underrated actor from, from that time, I think. But when I was 17, I can remember, vividly remember going to the Chesterfield Movie Theater, buying a ticket to see Austin Powers, which also came out in 1999, but then sneaking in to watch American Pie and seeing these kids do it. And achieve their conquest and i'm just so into it i'm rooting for them like oh this is great just as old as these kids and this is something i would want to do and look they're doing it and they're making it happen and it's just the greatest thing i could have ever seen and i loved it i absolutely loved this movie i thought stifler was the funniest character in the world i like how these friends stuck around i love that the movie took place in michigan and you know they had stuff like that i was in i was fully in on this movie and then <laughs> i grew up and started dating my now wife and we had kids and I watched this movie. It's problematic. Shannon Elizabeth is your typical foreign girl who doesn't know any better. So she's going to be the object of Jason Biggs affection. She's going to get stripped for him thinking that they're all alone while he has a camera set up and everybody's watching in the neighborhood. Everybody, including Blink-182, who's Mm. in this movie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And a little side thing. They have a monkey hanging out with him. So you got the issues with Shannon Elizabeth. Chris Klein's character is coyingly like sappy in this movie. I could not stand his character when he's singing in the <laughs> acapella group or whatever they have. And Mena Suvari's like, oh, that's so cute. I'm like, this is the most cringy thing I've ever seen in my life. Homie who ends up with Natasha Leone. I cannot think of his character's name. They called him S-Break in the movie because he's a kid who would leave and go to the bathroom to go home. He's... He's the type of kid I would have actively avoided when I was in high school. Just thinks he's better than everybody else. Doesn't have to talk to anybody. I did not like his character. And then you have the kid who's with Tara Reed, who likes when she goes down on him and he does it back. And the brother, played by Casey Affleck, tells him to go look at this book and this will teach you everything you know. But all he wants to do is have sex with her. He's kind of this whiny, creepy little guy. And like, I just, I feel bad for Allison Hannigan that she had to play the band kid. And 
at band camp one time i stuck a flute in my thing and like she's overly aggressive with jason biggs but jason biggs likes it it's just it's problematic on every front it's not a very good movie when it came out it was the right time and it was put out there well like they marketed in the movie well and it was definitely marketed towards people my age but we all get older we Mm -hmm. all grow up and i don't want to see a guy have sex with a pie i don't want to see them judging people based on the way they look like what social network did so well when they talked about like how horrific it was with the ranking the girls american pie did that but they did that as like see these are the cool guys they can tell you who's attractive and who's not and High school kids shouldn't act like that. I shouldn't have acted like that if if I did when I was in high school. I like to think I didn't, but I just, the movie just rubs me the wrong way now. It makes me feel gross that I liked it so much and that I saw it multiple times in the theaters. It's just, it's not, it's not what high school is like. And neither is American Pie 2 and neither is American (laughs) Reunion. There's no stifflers out there. There's no people out there who do, it's, it's just, it's again, a male fantasy is what that means. All I can say is thank God. All I can say is thank God for Christopher Guest and Schitt's Creek that Eugene Levy does not have to be defined by these movies. <laughs> yeah, and anymore. that's the thing. Eugene Levy is good in that movie, yeah. but he's just like a awkward dad. And I never had conversations with our father like that. Like our dad was never giving me porno bags to yeah. look at, essentially. <laughs> Well, much like Porky's launch just basically blew up this industry, American Pie, you had. And they these weren't as like raunchy sex comedies as Hamburger or Hot Dog the Movie or stuff, no. but you had Can't Hardly Wait, 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You is actually pretty good. No, it is. That's that's based off yeah. of a Shakespeare play. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty good movie. But what was the, what was the football one? Varsity Blues. You, oh, you had, <laughs> a, but in this little short period, you had all these movies and then Inevitably, Ty, the backlash had to come. And here is the film that is the backlash. Look, she's totally replaceable, okay? Given the right look, the right boyfriend, any girl can be this year's prom queen. Well, I smell a bit. Okay, Jakey Jakey, about to make a big mistake. I'm going to pick the most hopeless girl at this school, and I'm going to bet that you can't turn her into prom. You're right. And I'll bet you that you lose that bet. But in doing so, you learn a much more valuable lesson and win. In life, that is. <laughs> You're both. Not another teen movie. Yeah. And that's what I want to say about American Pie, too. There's, like, no black people in it. No. no. Not at all. There's no people of, not even just, there's no people of color in American Pie. Not another teen movie was not well reviewed, not well liked. It was actually a kind of a hit. It was a very, very cheap movie. You want to talk about people getting their start? Here's Chris Evans. I love that Billy Bob from Varsity Blues is playing the <laughs> yes, same character. Yeah. In movie. Yes, Jamie Presley is in this yeah. movie. Mia Kirshner. I mean, here's the thing of that. I think, babe, I, both you and I love this movie. I think it's, it's good. one of the greatest. It, it might. It's uh, now you might think this is crazy. For me, it's up there with Airplane. No, I agree. No, I was about to say, okay. this is just, a, this is like an early Mel Brooks movie. There's a joke yes. constantly coming at you. Nonstop. And even in that scene there where they're trying to find the worst girl to turn into prom queen, they run into an albino. But <laughs> Albino hippie playing a guitar. <laughs> yeah, but any girl with a guitar is hot. They run into Baby's Got Back, a hunchback. <laughs> and then the two girls that are joined at the head. Yeah. And his buddy's like, you know, they make one together. They make one hot chick, but then they decide on Jamie Briggs, who's uh-huh. got, got a ponytail, glasses, <laughs> a ponytail, and paint on her overalls. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes of that movie is when Janie jumps into the pool at the party because she thinks she's drunk, but it's not alcohol and beer. And then Jamie Presley pours the water on her, and you hear a girl in the background say, "Oh, that's gonna stink." <laughs> I also. Speaking of Shannon Elizabeth being the foreign exchange student in American Pie and not another team movie, the foreign exchange student totally. Yeah. yeah and at one point she goes to a party and there's another new girl. And that girl <laughs> says, I can't believe she believes she's wearing the same thing as me. He's great. And the token black character yes. in this movie is perfect. Yes. They, the movies that this parodies, okay, is she's all that varsity blues, 10 things I hate about you can't hardly wait. Those are just the modern ones. So then you get mm-hmm. pretty in pink. They do have American pie, brain it on uh, cruel intentions, American beauty, never been kissed. Ferris Bueller's day off. Can't buy me love jawbreaker, 16 candles, dazed and confused. Lucas, Rudy, the breakfast club, Greece road trip. 
Mm-hmm. 89 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I highly recommend people who like are maybe on the fence about this. Go watch this movie and w- watch Mia Kirshner and Chris Evans talk to each other because they're brothers. <laughs> and the stuff that Mia Kirshner says to him is some of the most vile and foul stuff I've ever heard. But that's the reason why she's doing it. It's supposed to be. I mean, she. How come every time I tell a guy he can put it anywhere, he puts it in my butt? And he's like, oh, that's too much information. She says, no, too much information to be telling you. He takes a huge dump afterwards on my chest. <laughs> like, some of the, and that's his sister telling him. Yep. No, that movie, that movie is incredible. Then it's Eric Christian Olsen is fantastic. He's like the star quarterback yep. after Chris Evans' character gets hurt. I, the football stuff in that movie too, where he throws it to the guy who's supposed to be <laughs> the, the Rudy part. Throw it yeah, to Rudy, and, and he throws it to that guy, and the guy gets cut in half by two people tackling. Or the coach is just the whole time. Is, God damn it! God damn it! Cursing at it. Oh yeah! Oh my god! I need to watch that other team. <laughs> that movie is so so good. And I think what not another teen movie did in a short period. Everybody's like, okay, we don't want to follow what the eighties did. So post that, yeah, there's still some dumb teen sex comedies, but post that you get super bad. You get yeah. Easy A, which yep. is a star that the movie that made Emma Stone just an absolute star. Yeah, who's about to win up, her up. second damn Oscar. I need to see that movie that she's about to. I yeah. do want to say real quick about not another teen movie. Also, just another one of my favorite scenes. We need to do a whole podcast on. <laughs> Chris Evans' character goes to Janie Briggs's house and she's painting a picture. He's like, oh, what do you paint? Oh, it's my mom. It's before she died. And Chris Evans says she has your eyes. She's painting a sick picture. <laughs> I'd put that out there, too. Well, I can't think. I can never. I, it's a dumb song to begin with, I think. But anytime I hear the Aerosmith, Janie's got a gun, I always uh-huh. say, Jamie Briggs has got a gun. <laughs> She's got a gun. It was the gun, Janie. But anyway, no, you mentioned super bad easy. Yeah. Sorry, I had to get that. No, out. no, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, oh, I, I was going to say the thing that made not another teen movie great for me is it was riffing all those 80s movies I watched. So it was like nostalgic for me. But uh, yeah, you had was there's a couple other ones like recently. I know there's a few that have come out. The Bad Book Boys, Smart. Uh, Book Smart. Bad Boys is good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, or The Good Boys or something like that. Yeah, it's like yeah. middle school. Yeah. But and yeah. then just recently, you just wrote about it is the movie mm-hmm. Bottoms, which a lot Bottoms of people are like, this fantastic. is a A plus level teen sex comedy. Well, and it's the good thing about Bottoms is that they it's focused on two lesbian characters who are kind of outcasts, but they it's got not another team movie vibes with the football players because the football players are considered gods in this movie. And, you know, they can't they do no wrong and everything. So what what makes Bottoms so good is that it's coming from a different angle and a more modern angle. But yet it's still spoofing stuff. I mean, the thing with Bottoms, too, these girls start a fight club at school. This is one of the most violent movies I've ever seen in my life, which makes it even more funny. But Rachel Sennett and Io Edibiri, Io Edibiri is becoming a huge mm-hmm. star, much deserved huge star. But like their relationship as gay best friends is played off so well in this movie and they do such a good job. Like I cannot recommend Bottoms enough. And if you, if there's some dude out there, well, I need more reason to watch it. Marshawn Lynch is in it. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. And he improvises almost all of his mm-hmm. life. Like this Bottoms is one of the better movies I've seen in quite some time. And we're, we're in this phase here because I talk again about how cheap it was to make the movies during the VHS era. We're in a streaming era now, but a lot of our movies are still these big, huge films. It's, I said it on our first watch rewatch, where if you look at the visual effects Oscars, yeah. four of the five movies cost over $200 million to make. I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now, but you're getting these these smaller movies can be made, and they're a bit more serious, because I do mm. honestly believe Not Another Teen Movie closed the book on these stupid, misogynistic, racist teen sex comedies that even American Pie did not. American Pie did not escape the orbit of Porky's. It still was no. kind of in that, that same vein. All right, you could take a movie like Superbad, which there's no way a kid who looked like Jonah Hill could have gotten with a girl who looks like Emma Stone in real mm. life, but Michael Sarah and the girl he likes, that's mm-hmm. a relatable couple. And like Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah's characters are relatable. And that gave us McLovin, who yeah. I knew a kid like him. I just, I never knew a kid like that who would go hang out with the cops all night. But what made Superbad work for me is that that was more relatable. That was more what my high school experience was like, as opposed to what American Pie was putting out there. Well, Ty, as I close this out, I'm going to ask you one more question. Are you ready for the 
<laughs> I do want to say before we wrap it up yeah. also, I know Olivia Wilde's got like some issues and she's been doing some weird stuff publicly. Booksmart's a really yeah. good teen sex comedy too. Beanie Feldstein and the girl who play plays her friend do a really good job in that. I heard some people say it's a female super bad. I don't think that's a bad comparison. No. That's kind of what it is, but it's a really, really good, really fun, and also very like heartwarming movie. Yeah, and I can hear the email being typed right now. People are going to say, what about things like The 40-Year-Old Virgin or even Bachelor Party? I, what I said about Animal House at the beginning. We are talking about teenage sex comedy. Yeah, exactly. I am more than happy to talk about those movies in another podcast, but that's yeah. why I didn't really bring any of them up because no, I know those show old version is about a 40. Exactly. I know. <laughs> I know those get brought up a lot. Well, Ty, if if somebody needs to ask you about the sex girls, where are they going to find you? <laughs> yeah, please, please. I just want to know about that. I'm going to go listen to that band. More, you, know, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Ty Kulik, T-Y-K-U-L-I-K, all lowercase. Come read my stuff on Seedsing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com, pop culture and sports. It's all there. Uh, you can hear me on Chucklehead Chat, a couple episodes of that, hosted by my buddy Glenn Adams. Find that on any podcast. Hear me on First Watch Rewatch, which we just did our, I think our first episode yeah. coming out relatively soon. Yeah, so. first of March, so less than a week. Yeah, you can hear me talk about a movie I really enjoyed, The Last Starfighter on there. To get there, you have to go to our Patreon. Please check out our Patreon. Tell your friends about it, everything. Most importantly, listen to me on this podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast. Rate, review us, tell your friends about us. I enjoy doing this podcast. We've been doing it for a while now. I feel like we're pretty good at it. So more and more people need to come listen. And as always, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, repeat all that, Seed saying Ex-Millennial Man. I've, I've really taken an effort to get back to talking about things of our generation. And coming at you next week, I, I guess I could call it a tease or whatever. I'm going to tell you, Ty, the story of all the music that solved world hunger in the 1980s. Sweet. We are the world. Yeah, because there's, <laughs> there's that documentary on Netflix, and I think uh, they are missing the point. That thing was terrible, as they all okay. are. All right. I found a gem of a, a somebody put out on social media of a Canadian one, and they were like, it looks like a bad SCTV skit. And it's <laughs> so that's what we're going to I'm trying to get to those things and give people Very the cool. real story, not some like, you know, oh, look at what they did. That was so great. No, we are. The world was terrible. With all that being said, we thank you for years. Anything else that you may use to listen to the Ex-Millennial Man podcast? Remember, we are here every Saturday for free where we find your fine podcasting shows. And Ty, one more time. Are you ready for the sex girls? <laughs> Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>